0: Good evening, good night. Welcome, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartan. Danielle, before midnight, here on the Fan of New York City, I'll be talking all things New York sports with you right up until 2 a.m. On this short show, on this frigid Saturday night into Sunday morning, I'll say this, I hope wherever you are, you're nice and warm and cozy. On this eve of the last day of football for the 2021 season for our New York Jets and our New York Giants, Paul Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts studio, the Mike Francesco studio here in lower Manhattan. You know the number. It's already pre-programmed into your phones. We know that. 877-337-6666. And Brian McKeon's here. There you are Brian, behind, the other, and behind the glass. The other side of the glass, he is taking over for the changing of the guard at midnight here. So as always, let's load the phones up with your best content only. Again, 877-337-6666. If you're one of the 115 million people that have watched the uncensored CeeLo Green v- video on YouTube, you know that the original title of this song is not Forget You. It's another F word. One that Julius Randle directed at Knicks fans after the game the other night to explain his thumbs-down salute to them during the game. Stefan Bondi from the New York Daily News asked Julius Randle after the game what his thumbs down meant. Randle responded that it was a message to fans to shut the F up. Wow, how reprehensible is that? How reprehensible for a player who this city, including me here, rallied behind last season. How reprehensible for a player who I learned takes a page out of the late Kobe Bryant's book and has gym time set up for his teammates in every away city as soon as the team plane touches down without any coaches. How reprehensible for a player who was celebrated, lauded in this city just last season for making his first and only all-star team, for making his first and only all-NBA second team, for winning last season's NBA Most Improved Player Award. How reprehensible for a player whose team just last season locked up the number four seed in the NBA playoffs during that improbable season, improbable run. And how reprehensible for a player who just this past August happily signed on the dotted line of a four-year $117 million contract with that huge contract. Comes huge responsibility, my dude. More money, more problems for Julius Randle, clearly. You know, Julius Randle has not lived up to that contract by both the eye test and in the stat sheet. In fact, I studied 23 statistical categories for Julius Randle, and then I compared his numbers from last year to those of this year. And I'm not talking, like, total points on the season or anything like that. I'm talking about things that are not contingent upon the number of games played. I'm talking like per-game stats. And if I looked at 23 of them today, free throw percentage, three-point percentage, field goals made per game, field goal percentage, all of those types of statistics. All 23 of them are down compared to last year except offensive rebounds per game. And last year it was 1.2. This year it's 1.8. Big whoop. Otherwise, this year, Randall is down in every single other one of the other 22 categories. A word of advice. Taking the frustrations out on or not meeting, not living up to the expectations of you. Taking all that out on the fans in this city is not the way to do it, my guy. Remember, you signed up for this. Literally. I mean, this all started with 524 to go in the game on national television when Julius Randle sunk a tough basket to put the Knicks within six points of the Celtics. And then Randall celebrated that by giving the infamous thumb down to the garden crowd. And I say infamous because such vitriol was also directed at Mets fans this season, this past summer. Javi Baez, who now thankfully plays elsewhere, which is Steve Cohen, a great move, really good job. But Baez, Kevin Pillar, and Francisco Lindor saluted the city field crowd in the same manner with that stupid thumbs down. At the time, I was with you here on the fan airwaves saying that the thumbs down might as well have been the middle finger Mets fans who spent their hard-earned cash to be there to cheer on their team during a pandemic. None of the three players said as much. In fact, Baez had to say at the time, when we don't get success, we're going to get booed. So they, the fans, are going to get booed when we get success. Huh? And Julius Randle was clearly taking notes on that ridiculousness, on that stupidity, and he didn't have to imply the "f"u you to Knicks fans to infer. He actually said it. Again, the direct quote was, shut the F up. In that four-word sentence, by the way, it cost Julius Randall $25,000 in fines earlier this morning, Saturday. That's per letter $1,923.08. wow Oy. And then Julius Randall did something that not one of those Mets did. Offer an apology Friday night on Instagram that I would actually categorize, categorize as being heartfelt and sincere. And my favorite part of the Randall apology was when he talked about how the Knicks fans embraced him and his family leading to the long-term commitment. I also liked when he wrote, I should have handled things last night differently and expressed myself with more professionalism and more appropriate language. Yes, duh. I also liked, and this is very true in just regular real-life relationships, he said, My comment was an example of how sometimes you say things you regret to people you love, even if it came from a place of passion and deep love. Very true, and it happens to the best of us. But what I will take him to task on is the heat of the moment comment, though. Maybe the thumbs down was a result of being in the heat of the moment, but to double down on it, to use that profane language and directed exactly to the fans of the Knicks well after that initial thumbs down, that's not heat of the moment. That's calculated. So doubling back to my initial song selection for the night, which is CeeLo Green's Forget You. Is there a double entendre there? Do you, uh, listen, I know the Knicks played in in Boston or just before. They're going to be home on Monday. And Knicks fans, especially those of you that are planning on going, what are you going to do when Julius Randle's name is announced? What are you going to say when he steps to the foul line for the first time? Will it be positive? Will it be negative? Are you offended by the thumbs down and the F-word insult directly issued and to you, do you accept Julius Randall's apology on Instagram? I want to hear from you. But, you know, the saddest part of the whole thing, I think, is that the, that was the takeaway from that game. Not the fact that the Knicks came back from such a steep deficit to win the game. The last time they did something like that to that magnitude was the year 2004, when you accidentally had to click cancel 48 times on your flip phone so you didn't connect to the internet and charge your parents a million dollars. The dagger was the amazing shot by R.J. Barrett. Yes, lost in all of this ridiculousness. Unnecessary. This Randall drama was the fact that R.J. Barrett sunk one of the most exciting baskets to win the game, not just of the Knicks season, but of this entire NBA season. That impossible shot went up and over Tatum, and really there was nothing defensively that he could have done better. It was a tough shot that Barrett practices often, and it went in. Hard work. Rewarded. What a concept. My question was then on Thursday night, is this and could this be a catalyst? Well, based on tonight's results, the first game that the Knicks were back in action since that fateful night, I don't think so. The Knicks' magic ran out, and they lost by 24 to the Celtics in Boston. The Celtics absolutely demolished Knicks, the Knicks in, in a few different categories, and that is not a recipe for a W, if you ask me. Yeah. Level up on the crazy from this past week in Knicks land. Enter Antonio Brown and his meltdown at the Meadowlands. I mean, who would have thunk it, right? And and a lot of you guys were asking me on on social media this week, and I feel like I have to speak on this. But my initial thought was, who would have thunk it? That late-game potential of the Super Bowl-destined Tampa Bay Buccaneers to lose to the New York Jets of all teams was the catalyst that finally drove Antonio Brown crazy and off the deep end, right? So uh, since this is a sports show, I'm not going to get into the he said, he said battle here. To me, you know, first of all, there's always three sides to the story. My side, your side, and the truth. And to me, this sounds like just a bunch of high schoolers arguing over this whole thing. He only wants to be my friend because I'm good at football. Like, duh. And let me tell you something, Tom Brady opened his home to you. To live in, to clean yourself up, but you seem to have forgotten that. And I'm also not going to sit here on some high horse and tell you that I have not laughed at some of the memes being produced and circulated on the internet with Antonio Brown in them or on them. I mean, one of my first, my favorite ones, it says this, every workday is a half day if you decide to make it that way. Yeah, I felt that one. I mean, it's clear that this guy, Antonio Brown, is suffering some, some sort of mental illness whether that stem from the, the perfect hit in, in Pittsburgh. I mean, he just needs to realize that he needs help. I mean, real help. Not just, you know, I'm going to go live in Tom Brady's house and compete for a Super Bowl kind of help. I mean, before this guy, Antonio Brown, seriously injures or kills himself or someone else. I mean, from a football standpoint, though, because this is a sports show on a sports channel, The way that Antonio Brown's absence from this Buccaneers team, I think has a profound impact. I mean, in late December, you had Chris Godwin. He tore his ACL and he's out obviously for the rest of this season, at least. And how good was he? Well, this season at the time, at the time, Chris Godwin tore his ACL. He ranked fifth among wide receivers in receiving yards. And Antonio Brown was just supposed to slide right in there and not let that Bucks offensive unit miss a beat. Instead, there was a meltdown at MetLife. There was a meltdown at the Meadowlands in which you saw Antonio Brown. I I, I can't even describe this. Honestly, when I was watching it, I, I, I was like, oh my God, there's a fan on the field. And then my next thought was, well, if there's a fan on the field, why are they showing them? I thought they stopped showing when fans ran on the field. They did. They did that on purpose, right? So no one got their, you know, ten minutes or th- whatever, thirty seconds of fame, right? So I'm like, wait. And then I looked, and I'm like, oh my god, those are Bucks pants. That's Antonio Brown. What is he doing? And then he he he, sh- you saw they he out of his shoulder pads and dropped him on the sideline and threw everything his shirt into the crowd and whatever the whole thing. And and then. He he, the hop, skip, and a jump out of there, and he was he was gone. He was gone like the wind, Bullseye. That's Woody, right from Toy Story. But man, oh man, the strange. And then he shows up at the Nets game. It says he's got injury. He, oh, I don't even know. You know, I can't even get into any or all of it because it's just it's just too much. I'm such a low drama, low. Everything kind of person, low key kind of person, and this was just too much. It's just you can't keep up with it. It's a soap opera and and Bruce Arians. Oh baby. Bruce Arians, I'm sure, wants to be dealing with this on the in the last week of the regular season, like he would like to be dealing with a hole in the head during the last week of the regular season. Now Antonio Brown was supposed to slide right in there and not let the Bucks offensive unit miss a beat. Instead, that meltdown happened. Tom Brady's starting receivers, the, the number one guys on, on each side, Mike Evans and Brashad Perryman. I mean, that's not exactly fear-inducing. So from a football standpoint, this Bucks team, the team that everybody expects to make a deep run at or, or even win, A back-to-back Super Bowl now has a weak link. It's the wide receiver room because Chris Godwin tore his ACL and then compounded by the fact that Antonio Brown went absolutely AWOL during the game, during a game that the Bucs almost lost to the New York Jets. I mean, who would have thought that the Jets would have been the final straw that broke the Antonio Browns back? I don't know. Who would have thought? And shout out for the Jets. Shout out to the Jets for almost pulling that one out. I mean, there were a a lot of good things to like in that game. The rushing attack, right? I thought that was uh, phenomenal. Zach Wilson, of course, we'll talk about, of course. Because leaning into the game, the day before, we talked about how that defending champion Tampa Bay Bucs defense is, is pretty darn good. In fact, if, if you look at, at Zach Wilson, and I did, I looked back at his quarterback rating from that game, and you know the quarterback rating is a statistic that pretty much encompasses all of the numbers in any given game, and, and without getting into the, like, the nitty-gritty of it, that's kind of like what I like to look at. So if you look at Zach Wilson's quarterback rating from that Bucs game, you'll see that it was an 89.7. Still not good, but it was his second best game ever as a young starter in this league. And that, that is exactly what you want to see from him, week-to-week improvement. Although, uh, you know, I'll get into this in, in a little bit here. I'm not sure how much improvement you're going to see from Zach Wilson against the Bills in this season finale. If you looked at the forecast, there's the spoiler alert. I think this game is going to be a ground game. I mean, you're talking, besides everything else, 20 to 30 mile an hour sustained winds in Orchard Park gusts higher. We'll get into that in a little bit. Let's get it going. I have set the table for you. Can't wait to talk with you at 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan before midnight here on the fan in New York City. To before midnight. Oh, yeah. Well, actually at midnight here on the fan in New and York City. at uh, some Sunday, uh, Saturday night football. It was the early game was the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. I mean, the Chiefs just barely edged the Broncos. You know, I heard. I heard on another show the other day a ranking of who the hosts were most confident in potentially winning the Super Bowl. All of them said they felt most confident in the Chiefs. And I'm sitting there in my car, and I'm like, huh? Like, I actually asked the radio, huh, why? Like, I said that out loud, and and you saw firsthand how that Chiefs team played against the Giants on November 1st. Not that long ago. And then the Giants... Had the lead to start the fourth quarter. And when you look at Patrick Mahomes' quarterback rating, it was his seventh worst game of his entire career against the Giants. We talked about it right when it happened. And one might argue, well, the Chiefs' defense has vastly improved since then. And, okay, sure, but I'd kind of rebut that by asking, has it? Because the Denver Broncos came into today's game averaging 19.4 points per game. And over their last three? 12 points per game. And they tagged Kansas City's defense earlier, I guess a few hours ago now, for 24 points. In fact, the Kansas City Chiefs were taken to the brink a few hours ago in the last regular season game of this year by the 7-9 and mathematically eliminated Denver Broncos. Of course, that is before the the, the, the finish of the game. Now they're 7-10. and But to me, that, that doesn't scream confidence in a potential Super Bowl pick At all. And to me, in case you're wondering, I am most confident in the Packers. I also like the Bills. But the question for them will obviously be, can their elite defense overcome their deficiencies while running the football? I don't know. And the game you're just listening to was our Westwood Ones coverage of the Dallas Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, as, as a Giants fan how sick to your stomach were you that these two teams were jockeying for playoff seeding during this game tonight? I mean, both of them could lose, right? You were probably asking yourself that, am I right? Dak Prescott, with five touchdown passes, broke the Cowboys' single-season record, passing Tony Romo. Barf, right? And the Cowboys can't finish worse than the four seed. In fact, they could almost get to the number two seed. And they need some help to do it. They need a loss by the Bucks to the Panthers. Not like it kind of stop right there. But if that happens, they have to. The Rams have to lose. The Cardinals have to lose. I mean, not great news for Giants fans that the Cowboys could end up with the number two seed by the time Sunday is over. And also not looking great for me personally. My twenty dollars defensive player of the year bet on Micah Parsons at plus three thousand from December fifth is not looking good. I wanted him to play tonight. <sighs> I know. I know. And, you know, through that first half of that game, I'm thinking to myself, this better not go into overtime and cut into my time on the fan. And it was close. It was tied 17-17 until about three minutes left in the first half. Then a pair of Dalton Schultz touchdowns, seemingly back-to-back, essentially kicked the door closed on the Eagles. And the second touchdown came with five seconds left in the second half. Our first half. And the Cowboys received the kickoff at the half. So, done deal. Those two touchdowns sealed the deal right before halftime. And the Cowboys put up a 50-burger or a 50-cheesesteak. <laughs> See that? <laughs> a 50-cheesesteak to the Philadelphia Eagles. Final score, 51-26. Man, oh, man. Misery if you're a Giant fan watching that game. I'm sorry. 877-337-6666 is the phone number to call. Brian McKeon's here answering them taking your calls through the end of my show, 2 a.m. And, what, you're here till 6, right? Yep, he's nodding. Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) All right, let's go to the Bronx. Josh, you are up on the fan.
1: Danielle, what a pleasant surprise to have you on.
0: Oh, Josh, thanks for the call.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm calling about Julius Randle and that thumbs-down thing. Yes. It's crazy, you know. Welcome to the year 2022. I mean, you're going to enjoy the ride, just like you were talking about Antonio Brown. But that thumbs down you had me thinking about Francisco Lindor of and Javi Baez with the, you know, the Mets and everything. Yes. We're New York fans. You know, we're not supposed to be disrespected like this and everything. But you know. Julius Randle, you know, he's professional and everything. I mean, you know, in general, going all over the place, what, you know, what's going on? I mean, you know, you win the game in New York and then you play like this earlier today. I mean, you know, when you come back on Monday, it's going to be very interesting to see how the crowd reacts. That's it's, what it's, I'm
0: wondering. Yeah, because because... If like okay, I can understand, and I got a text from one of my friends.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, you can understand the th- maybe, maybe you can understand the thumbs down, heat of the moment, maybe, right. r- maybe. But between that instant and the end of that game, and then the press conference and the changing in the locker room, all that, you had time to plan out a response to that. Yeah. That response of "f you, bleep you," whatever it was. That that was not a heat of the moment sort of thing. Sorry, I can't, I can't get behind that.
1: Yeah, Danielle, I just want to hear what the callers have to say about everything that you put on the table. Yeah, me too. Thank you. It's great to be hearing you at this time of the night. Thank Uh, you. Josh, thank you. Thanks. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear too. 877-337-6666. Julius Randle ends 37 minutes tonight, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 13 points. Knicks get blown out by the Boston Celtics in Boston. They both have a nineteen and twenty-one record now, and that that um, the seventy-five points that, that the Knicks put up—that's the least amount of points that they've put up on the season so far. Like out of all of the games that they've played so far this season, seventy-five points has been the least amount of them. So, not a great game. And, and Manuel quickly, man, he finally got a start finally look good. He was literally on fire. Behind the three-point line early. Early. And the Knicks just couldn't they, you know what? They just they just couldn't put it together. Let's go to uh, Juan in the Bronx. You're up on the fan. Hi Daniel, how are you? I'm good. How are you Juan? Okay, great show. You're going on no cylinders. Yeah, of course I am. Always. I have I all oh. guess no breaks. That's me, Juan. That's right. <laughs> no breaks. I like that. <laughs> Listen uh, this Randolph guy,
2: mm-hmm. uh, first of all, the thing with the finger, it was more than anything disrespectful. And this guy should concentrate on showing up in the playoffs, yeah. you know? right, right. The second, the, the this guy got to understand that it's a privilege to play at thirty third and seventh mm-hmm. also known as the cathedral of basketball. Mm-hmm. You know I do. Uh, I never I never heard a guy say, Oh, I wanna go play at the Timberwolves, <laughs> where you know I mean, you know, uh, uh, your girlfriend is there and she's watching you and your family's there. She loves this knowing that she's in the heart of New York. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you get off, uh, um, the theaters are ten minutes away. You
0: know there are there are uh, New York. New York is the mecca. One, yes, Uh, this is the prime time. If you're playing basketball in New York City, it is prime time, and for a fan base. and, And the point is for a fan base who has gotten completely behind him, completely cheering him and, on through all of his successes last season to get yeah. the thumbs down. It's, oh, it's, it's so bad. And before, and before
2: he came to New
0: York, who
2: the hell was he? Yeah, right. Who the hell was he Whoever heard of him before he came to New York? the same thing with the Javi Baez crown, you know? Right, Hobby uh, Bias Lindor,
0: all of them. Who were they, One yeah. before they came to New York? Who were these guys? New York made these guys. They made him. The New York fans made these guys. They pay their salaries. <laughs> no, but seriously though, Julius Randle. Julius Randle, I mean, he he all of those awards that he won, you know, the whole thing, even into this season, the whole bing bong, this, that. I mean, Knicks fans are, are are a passionate bunch, and he acknowledged that in, in that what I think was a really, a really heartfelt apology, right? Something that you didn't feel from from the other guys in Queens, but it, it's it's just a bad look. And to blame all of it on being in heat of the moment, all of what transpired that night to be in heat of the moment, I'm not buying all of it, quite honestly. And and what a shame! What a shame! My first thought, as I watched it on TV, my first thought was, "Wow." Now, this whole thumbs-down thing is going to overshadow, overshadow what R.J. Barrett was able to do with an improbable— I, I want to know the percentage uh, of that shot actually going in the basket. I mean, it was improbable. I mean, Tatum was all over him. He he landed on the ground on his back as the ball was still in the air, as, as the clock expired to zero with the ball still in the air, and it went in. And it went in at home, pandemonium at the garden. And yet, here we are, two days later, talking about Julius Randall and his thumbs down and his FU to the fans. And what is the crowd going to do on Monday? If you plan on going to that game on Monday, I want to hear from you. 877-337-6666. Vernon in Manhattan. You are up next on the fan, Vernon.
3: Hey, Daniel. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Did you tell your brother about the chances of winning these Super Bowl uh, um, Aaron
0: Rodgers goodies? I have not. You want to know why? Because I wanted to tell him in person, and I wanted to see his face. (laughs) That's why. That's why. Because that is too good to be true. I cannot believe it.
3: (laughs) Well, I have sent you the photos, and I'm going to sweeten the pot even more. Oh, my. What? Yes. I'm gonna add in there for him a replica of Super Bowl forty five Aaron Rodgers ring. It's gonna come in a beautiful wooden box. I have three of them and it's gonna be a size fourteen ring, extremely heavy. So um, matter of fact, I'm gonna send you pictures of it later on, but I'm gonna put that to the to the part of the, the pack. So he has a chance to either pick an autograph photo. A Bart, a Bart star, or, or an autograph jersey of Reggie White plus added to it will be the ring of Super Bowl 45 of Aaron Rodgers' MVP ring so I'm going to add whoa. that to the pot <laughs>
2: whoa
0: Vernon <laughs> so for anybody that missed it Vernon put a bet out my brother is a big Packers fan and he is because I'm a great sister part owner now of the Packers okay Christmas yeah. present, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and Vernon said that if the Packers win the Super Bowl and Aaron Rodgers, my brother's favorite player, gets named MVP, he gets this whole boatload of stuff. Wow! Yes. So he,
3: if he wins and becomes the MVP, I'm going to either send it to you or send it to your brother that lives in Brooklyn. So that's the choice is going to be. Well, anyway, I'm going to send you the pictures of the rings later on this week so you can see them. All right. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Wow,
0: Vernon. <laughs> awesome. No trigger uh, question tonight?
3: Uh, no, that's for baseball season. Oh, only so,
0: baseball. Okay. only
3: the baseball because you said that was your favorite sport. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: but anyway, uh, you have a nice day. <laughs> Thanks, Vernon. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Hey, and by the way, I forgot to mention it before in the open, um, at 1240. Because, you know, there's not a lot of baseball going on, you know. And um, you can only talk about hypothetical stuff for so long. And the lockout this and lockout that. So I'm trying to find different ways to incorporate baseball. If you heard it, whatever, last week I guess it was. We talked about the Hall of Fame and how the steroid guys look like they might be getting in. We also talked about... Um, You know the the potential of that, and and et cetera, et cetera, right? But at twelve forty, in a little bit, I've got a conversation for both the baseball historian and the contemporary baseball fan, and it's a nice blend, I'd say. I kind of that's kind of where I'm at. I'm I think I'm a good blend of like old school, new school, at least in my own mind. But there's a potential for a field of dreams like game coming to Patterson, New Jersey, and of course. I mean, you know that I was a huge fan of that game, and I had I had to I just had to explore it further. Is it a real possibility? Is a field of dreams like game a real possibility for the city of Patterson? So I talked about it a little bit of the history of it, the fact that Hinchcliffe, Hinchcliffe Stadium in Patterson is a. Uh, or was used in the Negro Leagues, and all that right? Talked about this, okay. Pretty much right in like the last segment of my show, uh, one of the last times I was on, and I got a call from Andre and Patterson. Hey, Andre, you're on the fan, and he calls up. He's like, "I'm the mayor, of Patterson." I was like, "What?" So Brian Rascona, who was the producer at the time, he, I said, "Brian, grab his number and everything. We'll, we'll set something up." So I linked up for a baseball only conversation with the mayor of Patterson. His name is Andre Seah and Larry Doby Jr. And I'm bringing it to you at 12:40 in about 20 minutes from now, a little over 20 minutes. You don't want to miss this one. It's a, it's nothing political at all. This is a sports show. It's a it's a, like I said, it's a conversation for the baseball historian type, a little bit of history mixed in there and for the contemporary baseball fan. So, spoiler alert, I am completely and totally on board with this potential game coming to Patterson and it's got some momentum. Let's just put it that way. All right. Back to the phones. 877-337-6666 to Camden. We go and Kevin, you're up on the fan. Hey
4: coach. How are you? I'm good. Kevin, how are you? I'm good. I want to talk about Julius Randle and Antonio Brown. I want to start with Julius Randle first. Go. All right. I don't buy his apologies. I know you do. it, it, It sounds good. All right. But listen, He's had a bad year, and you know what? I think he he doesn't. He's not a leader because he struggled, and he, instead of being a leader for his team, well, he just put his head down in the locker room. He, I just think that it, I think this is starting to overwhelm him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I know, he, I know, he embraced the fans. I embraced him last year. Yep. But I, I don't buy this apology. I'm sorry. He's had a bad year, and he, and the fans of William as as they're right, and he can't seem to fake it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this he- is New York. This is New York, and you know what? I didn't, you know. And I know people are gonna tell, people tweeted me this about this already. I didn't like it when Bias did it. I, I told you on your show, and you love Biden, Bias, and I do. Yeah, but I I hated when you did that. I told you on your show that that was gonna be his legacy as a Met. and, it, and you know it, it's still gonna be that. And for Randall, this is gonna be his legacy unless he goes to to you know takes the Knicks farther than when they were last year. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be his legacy as a Nick, unfortunately, because
0: well. I don't know, Kevin, because you know what? Winning erases everything. People have very selective memories uh, when, when winning happens, when winning occurs. And I think if Julius Randle can get the, the Knicks back into into real relevance in a deep postseason run, I think this is going to be all but forgotten.
4: I, I hope you're right. I really do. I it's going to be a long road for him. Now, as far as Antonio Brown, oof. Uh... Man, there's so much drama with him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use a Real Housewives of New Jersey reference. <laughs> I love I, it. I, I think, honestly, he's like Teresa, who there's always, she's always fighting. She's always complaining about something. <laughs> like, he's the, 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 the Teresa of football. Like, he's the <laughs> Teresa of football. I mean, I, th- there's always something with this guy. And I am just so, I, I'm telling you, I think he's done. I don't think he's going to get another chance. I definitely wouldn't give him a chance. Please, there's always something with him. He can let him man up and take responsibility. And, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but he Kevin, needs, I'm he laughing. Needs it's to just so on oh. he to, And Teresa, so like, he should join the cast because it happened <laughs> in New Jersey of all places. It was MetLife. It was Jersey. So I was like, yeah. you know what? That's a real
0: Housewives of New Jersey reference. So I had to do that one. Oh, Kevin, that was good. Because you know what? The storyline always seems to surround Teresa, right? And, and the storyline always seems to surround Antonio Brown, wherever he goes. That's a good yep. one.
4: That's why I say it's the perfect reference for tonight. And I wanna I wanna if I could get into a little bit the baseball hall of fame, but I don't know if I have enough time, but I'll get into that next week. And uh, I will, if you want, uh, Kevin, you can do it now if you want. All right. Oh, uh, I'm gonna say that Kirk Schilling should not be in the Hall of Fame because I-, I think it was like what, last year or the year before that he was like com- com- criticizing the writers? Mm-hmm. God, he- so he shouldn't be in it. The guys from the Astros it McCann, all those guys, because if you talk about steroid people the Houston National cheating scandal shouldn't be an idiot. So, I'm just, I'm very vocal about it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be, list, I'll be ready for the interview. But I'm just saying, Chilling, Bonds, Clemens, Beltran, all those guys should be out. Mm. The guys who played fair and anybody else, out. So, not matter how you cheated, you cheated, you're out. That's my view. You're you're hard
0: line holding it there, Kevin. (laughs) You got, you know me, Coach. I know, Kevin. I lay how it is. I appreciate, Kevin. Thanks for making the call again tonight. Appreciate you. Welcome, you. Welcome. And with that, you know we we should talk some Giants football. It is it is the Giants' last game of the season. Which another spoiler alert. I'll be at. I'll be there. Oh yeah, I'll be there in about twelve hours from now. In the parking lot of MetLife Stadium, I think we're going to be in lot L, all right? So we'll talk more about that in a second. My Giants prediction, my final Giants prediction of the season, coming up next here on The Fan. McCartan after midnight. Here, I haven't used that in a while. McCartan after midnight here on The Fan in New York City. Coming up just a little bit. My conversation with the mayor of Patterson and Larry Doby Jr. for the baseball historian slash baseball contemporary alike. It's a good conversation. It was pre recorded just so everybody knows. It was pre recorded uh, just the other day we did it together. So the three of us, the video is going to be up. It was on Zoom. So the three of us. Or on Zoom, the video will be up. I think uh, I think DiPietro said either eight AM tomorrow or nine AM tomorrow, and they're going to put a little article up with it as well. So cool, right? Very cool. Stay tuned for that. Um, hey, there are two teams playing for nothing standings wise, except for draft order. In a little over twelve hours from now, <laughs> the four and twelve New York Giants will host the six and ten Washington Football Team in the finale, season finale. At MetLife Stadium. So that we're all on the same page. Tankathon right now has the Giants listed as picking fifth overall. You know what? Let me let me check that again. Uh because of the uh the game tonight. I don't know if it had any bearing on it whatsoever at all. Okay, so right now, Tankathon has the Giants picking fifth overall and eighth overall. Yeah, nothing changed. Fifth overall and eighth overall. Okay. The Washington football team currently is picking ninth overall. And then just in case you're wondering, the Jets have number four and number seven overall. Okay. So how is this game going to work tomorrow? The distinct advantage in the passing offense obviously goes to the Washington football team. I mean, Taylor Heineke is not great on the season, 20 touchdowns to 15 interceptions. Not great. A below average 6.9 yards per attempt and a very below average 65.5 completion percentage. But the Giants are starting Jake Fromm. For crying out loud. East Rutherford, New Jersey, though, is under a winter weather advisor. Last I checked, anyway. And that changes like crazy anyway. But freezing rain, a light glaze of ice. I I think it's going to expire before the game starts. But still, I mean, that's the kind of day you're looking at. Expected raining conditions, a higher 36 degrees during game time. One of those wet kind of games. To me, this speaks... Forget about the passing attack and the pass defense for both teams. Just throw it out the window and ask yourself, which team has the better rushing attack versus the better rushing defense? The Giants' pass defense is surprisingly really good. Surprisingly, right? And how, I mean, they allow the fourth least yards per catch and the sixth least yards per attempt. Giants' pass defense, that is. Their rush defense is coming off a great performance last week against the Bears. Let's put it that way. And that defensive unit of the Giants limited David Montgomery to only just 64 yards. 2.9 yards per catch. And there is a little bit of hope there because the Washington run game has lacked consistency throughout this entire season. So which rushing attack of the the Washington football team is going to show up? Giants rushing offense. Well, Saquon Barkley finally looked good in his obviously best game of the season last week against Chicago. He had uh, 21 carries for 102 yards. And Washington's run defense is pretty okay. Pretty okay. I don't want to say good. It's pretty. It's it's good. I guess it's ranked tenth in the league in yards per carry. Gives up only 105 yards per game. I mean, it's it's all right. It's gonna be it's gonna be formidable. Let's just put it that way. And that 105 yards per game is the eighth lowest in the league this season. So Giants are gonna need to kind of exploit that. It's not gonna come through the air. It's gonna have to come on the ground. Barkley needs to have an even better game than last week, and they got to get Booker involved too. It's got to be like that 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 package that that the uh Dallas Cowboys roll out there with their two backs. It's gotta be a split back combination here. Booker, Barkley, they're gonna lead the way. The weather, the quarterback of the Giants, is gonna dictate that there won't be many home run passes. So besides that ground and pound attack, I'm looking for short passes over the middle to a guy, a big target guy like, like Kyle Rudolph. That would be the game plan that I would recommend. Just to keep the defense honest. You know it's going to be a ground game. But you got to give the guy an outlet over the middle. Um, Jake Fromm, an outlet over the middle and a big target like Kyle Rudolph. If Evan Ingram can hang on to the ball, he could be a game changer. Um, but and I'm going to be there. Uh, I'm going Washington football team is my official score prediction here. Let's lock this in. I'm going to tweet this and everything, too. I, I don't delete tweets. I don't hide behind anything on, on online. Final score prediction. Washington football team, 17. New York Giants, 7. And I'm going to type this as I say it. I hope I'm wrong. Like I have said every, seemingly every week so far this season, I hope I'm wrong. But I'm going Washington football team, 17. New York Giants, seven. Hope I'm wrong. Let's go back to the phones at 877-337-6666. Uh, Skyler in New Jersey, you're up on the fan.
5: Hey, um, I think that the uh, the Giants really need a new quarterback, just plain and simple.
0: So you don't like Daniel Jones at all? Not right
6: now. He hasn't. He hasn't shown me anything to really want to root for him. And Russell Wilson's over in Seattle. Oh, stop he with the Russell use. Wilson,
0: Skyler. Come on. Come on. He's given us
6: season after season of pretty good football, better Come than Daniel on. Jones at least.
0: And what do you, well, And who's he's going to be running for his life in New York with this Giants? St- okay, with line. this
5: O line. Yes.
6: I yes. Agree
0: with oh, so how? You, and then, so what you're going to do here, Skyler? Is you're going to mortgage the future at least? three first-round draft picks over the next two years to go get a guy who's going to be running for his life in the same way that Daniel Jones is. How effective would Russell Wilson actually be here in New York? Tell me.
6: If not Russell Wilson, I think Russell Wilson could be very effective once they got a new offensive line. Oh,
0: but how are they going to do that? He's going to be 36 years old literally by the time that they fix their offensive line.
5: Ooh, he is old.
0: Okay, so your other suggestion was who? My other suggestion, I might get a lot of flack. Don't say Deshaun it. Watson. I was going to say Deshaun don't. Watson. Don't. No. It's for the same reason. You're going to have to mortgage the future to get him. But I think if Deshaun
5: Watson does come back into
0: the NFL,
5: it's it's going to look really bad for them.
0: It will. And the New York Giants are a flagship organization. They don't want the drama. Sorry. It's not worth it. It's like the whole Antonio Brown thing. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Skyler, here's what I'm doing. Here Here's the strategy. I am, if I am GM McCartan of the New York Giants, I am drafting two stud offensive linemen or an offensive lineman and a defensive lineman with my, my premier picks here at the top of this upcoming draft. Okay? You run it back with Daniel Jones one more one more year, and then you can really see what he looks like with an offensive line in front of him. If you still don't like what you see, because I think you're going to see a different player, but if you still don't like what you see, Then you get rid of him, bring in another guy who has already got a line in front of him. That's the strategy. That's the play. If I were GMing the Giants, that's what would be going on. Because no quarterback, I don't care if you put Tom Brady on this team, no quarterback is going to succeed behind that offensive line. Whether that be Daniel Jones or somebody else after him, the Giants at least could set it up. Don in Patterson, New
7: Jersey. You're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Thank you for taking the call.
0: Oh, sorry. Don, you're um, in Brooklyn. I'm sorry. You're calling about Patterson. My bad. That's sorry. Sorry.
7: I grew up in Patterson, New Jersey. Oh, there you go. Um, my uncle, who was Uncle Sam, owned Uncle Sam's Shoes in Lower Main Street in Patterson. Mm-hmm. And he was the sponsor of a semi-pro baseball team. And on that semi-pro baseball team was Larry Doby. Wow. And Joe Cunningham. Cool. And so and they played in Hinscript Stadium. So yep. uh I, I I know it's probably too late to speak to uh Junior about his dad and my uncle Sam, but they were I mean, they were they were a great team. Um obviously not major league team, probably high minors team. Mm-hmm. Um but it was really very interesting. Yeah, they had two major leaguers, eventual major, major leaguers on a semi-pro yeah. uh, baseball team.
0: And I, I don't know who, uh, Larry Doby, Hall of Famer, obviously. And, well, was the other guy a Hall of Famer, too? Oh,
7: uh, Joe Cunningham played, was at of s- Saddle River, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I think he played for the Cardinals. Not a Hall of Famer, but he played okay. for the Cardinals. Right. Um, but he had a major league, uh, a, 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 a long major league career, mm-hmm. a career not a, not not, not not three games or two years, right, but right. he had a, a multi-year career right. um, but I, I'd like to talk if i I'm, I'm very excited about listening to your uh um, interview, but daniel daniel brown is david Dave, uh, Dave Brown is with us for another year by contract. he's with us for another year, so trying to get rid of him, he signed for a five-year contract. he's there we're not getting rid of him mm-hmm. salary cap wise or any wise. So unless he's injured. So I think your, your, op, your uh, option is right. Draft yep. two big linemen. Yes. Let him play, yes. let him play with Barkley yep. and, uh, see what happens. Mm-hmm. And next year, let's find new people.
0: Right. And, and Don, if you still don't like what you see at that point in time, and thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Um, if you still don't like what you see at that point, if you still don't think Daniel Jones is the one, then you move on from him. But I'm telling you, you're going to find what are you going to be looking for? A quarterback, a mobile quarterback with a big arm. Don't you have that already? Why don't you just run it back and see what you have with an offensive line in front of him with some time to throw the ball and then see what happens? Cuz right now that offensive line is is not great. You know, as a unit and it's just very very average, very mediocre, and the Giants need some studs on that line to, to, for Daniel Jones in the future or whatever quarterback that they decide to bring in beyond him, free agent, draft, or otherwise, whatever, trade, whatever. But you can't make a decision yet on Daniel Jones because of all of the, the adversity that's happened with the Giants so far this season. And, you know, through the magic of this radio station, as I just alluded to. And because there isn't any real analytical baseball to talk about at the moment, I got a very special and perfectly timed conversation for both the baseball historian and the contemporary baseball fan coming up next here on The Fan.
4: FM and the Odyssey app.
0: McCarton After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City, entering the final hour of the program. Give me a call at 877-337-6666. Love having the update anchors here in studio. It's pretty cool. So you get to interact with people again. And you know what? Listen, winter weather advisory, freezing rain, anticipated ice accumulation and all. You knew it was going to happen. When I do things... There's always some sort of weather event that occurs. I'm going to the final Giants game of the season tomorrow at MetLife Stadium. Well, not tomorrow. I guess it's 12 hours from now is is kickoff, right? So, yes, we actually bought tickets for it. Yes, I'm a sucker. We got a whole big group tailgate thing planned You're bringing the chairs, you're bringing the tents, you're bringing this, that. I'm coordinating the whole thing. I am a party coordinator for this whole thing. It's all about the experience, right? Hopefully it's not too cold. Hopefully the rain kind of holds off. I I don't know. It's just wishful thinking here. I don't know. And then this thought crossed crossed my mind today. I was like, would you rather go to a freezing cold but sunny game or a mostly cold game with freezing precipitation? I'm taking the frigid, sunny game. But that's just me. But, yes, we bought the tickets. Yes, we probably should have waited to buy the tickets. Um, it is what it is. And uh, we're going to have a fun time at the Giants game. We're going to say hey to Madeline Burke, friend of the show. I know you guys every every week, every time I'm on, is Madeline coming? Is Madeline coming? Is she going to be here? I'll make sure I'll, I'll tell her hello from, from all of you. And uh, if you wanted to stop by and say hey um, – we're probably going to be the only group of people sitting in section 149. So oh, if you want to come and come down, say hello. I'm sure security won't be too tight at MetLife Stadium sections wise. Yeah, you come down, section 149. I'll be there. And um, parking lot, I, think, I don't know. I think it's L. I think it's L we're going to be at. So here's your invitation. You're more than welcome to come by and say hi in what I'm, I'm sure will be a pretty empty stadium. And I'm gonna have my Giants prediction coming up in uh, in just a few minutes. It's the the uh, oh Jets is coming up in a few minutes. I'm sorry, Giants prediction. See, listen, I hope I'm wrong. I, I'm gonna be sitting in there in the misery, right? So I, I I hope I'm wrong. I got Washington football team seventeen, Giants seven. That's that's what I'm going with. Tweeted it before. I don't delete tweets. I'm sticking with it. And sports betting is finally legal in New York. So there you go. Nine a.m. Saturday morning. Ooh. I saw tweets from people that were saying, like, oh, my God, uh, I, I just woke up. like, And I'm getting text messages. Hey, do you want to use my code? Hey, you want to use my coat? Hey, use my coat? <laughs> so, anyway, section 149 at the Giants game. In 12 hours from now, you want to come down and say, hey, listen, I'm not going to be checking, like, messages or anything because it's going to be real cold and I'm going to have gloves on. So there's your invitation. You come down. You say, hey, you'll find me there. I have a white coat on. Well, I don't know if I have a blue poncho, a white coat, whatever. We're probably going to be the only people sitting there, all right? All right, let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. Ben in Queens, you're up next on The Fan. Morning there,
8: Coach. How are you, Ben? First, let me tell you, when it comes to the subject of fan t- get-togethers, I was one of the lucky few that was able, when Joe was working the overnights, mm-hmm. him and his wife planned a thing at CBGB's. Okay. So, so uh, I get there, and folks have never seen me before. And it was hilarious because everything stopped. Like... What do
9: you mean? No. You Joe mean? didn't know I was black. Oh. <laughs> and And CBGB... Bro, bro,
6: you're black? Bro,
2: I, uh, I had exactly,
8: no idea. Exactly, you know. You
6: know <laughs> a little bit of a shock.
8: But it was, <laughs> it, but it was funny as heck. The <laughs> bands playing were cool. It's the certain thing for folks... Whenever these fan get-togethers happen, it's like either you're meeting your long-lost enemy or you're meeting lifelong friends you've never had before.
0: I know. And you know what? If it wasn't such, you know, if I didn't really kind of hit my stride here during the pandemic, still during the pandemic, I would definitely uh, do something and have something planned. Yes. Well, they just
8: to let people know, that that's what made all the fantasy and stuff yeah. fun because I'd run into some of these guys while trying out and, and talk and it felt like overlong shows at each of these things. So mm-hmm. anyway.
2: Yeah.
8: Let's let's get to the, the main main uh, problems for the day. With you in attendance, that means the Giants will actually score a touchdown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I hope just one. I just hope one. I don't want too many because you know, I, I, you know, Ben. I got a tweet. and I wanted to read it before. And I can't Uh-oh. find it now. Someone said to me before, and I, I'm sorry. I can't. I can't grab it. But they said the Giants are are. What they say? The Giants are supposed to lose this game, which means they're going to win, and that made me laugh out loud because it's probably true. Hey,
8: hey, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's listen, listen. I, you, you, we talked about the Brady thing last week, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, let's not get brought up, but it is Brady. I don't want him celebrating on my field. And with all of that, he still found a way to win. I know. I mean, Ugh. come
0: on. He had no timeouts in like a minute, and he still did it. I mean, the guy's the greatest ever played the game. Sorry.
8: yeah. <sighs> That that one hurt me like the fake spike game hurt me. Because I went, after the first breakup pass where, where he threw it to that guy, I was like, watch him come again to the very same play and kill. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, so. so. Uh, good luck, Jets, up in Buffalo. Um, see, see, you're going to be at MetLife. That's going to be calm. Imagine if you were taking the folks up by Bill's Mafia. Mm. To enjoy that ambiance.
0: Listen, <laughs> I, I I felt it at MetLife Stadium in week whatever it was ten. I was there for it at, for the Jets Bills game, and I and it was there. I felt it there.
8: Believe me. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's only like tenfold up there. You know, so so yeah. Oh, avoid all folding tables. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, it's so funny, Ben. My friend Christina, which I've talked about, she's she's the Bills fan, and. She was like, "My dad told me I gotta jump off a bus." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." On the way out, though, she was taking a picture of this bill's bus, and there was a, a table next to it already broken table. And I said, "Christina, get in there and pretend like you broke the table. I'll take a picture and we'll send it to your dad." It was my favorite picture of her entire weekend visiting. It was awesome. <laughs> oh my god, she's broken it half. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> as if she was the one who jumped off the bus. It was hilarious. It was it was so funny.
8: Well, the the best thing about this, this season is we found new ways in our misery to make jokes of everything that we see, because if we didn't make jokes, we'd probably be pretty miserable right now. So <laughs> yeah. here's hoping Zach improves. Here's hoping Barkley has a hundred yard day tomorrow. Here's, yeah. Here's, here's, and here's hoping for just fun, if, if. If the games later on today are as fun as the Kansas City game was, then we should have a good day. And, and ESPN, will you please stop it with the Thai stuff? No, 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 no No ties, no backroom deals. It's the Raiders and the Chargers. Yeah, no
0: ties. Yeah, you're no. right about that, Ben. Forget it. <laughs> That's why I don't like watching sports that end in ties, like soccer. It ends in a tie. Like, what, what did you do all that work for just to end up in a tie? I don't get it.
8: <laughs> no, it's not even that. For football, I know. you both need the win to get into the playoffs. Yep. How are you going to go against your nature and go like, okay, we're at the beginning of overtime, we're going to just play vanilla offense and end this game in a tie? Stupid. Are we in agreement? Stupid. Like, no, no, that is not the spirit of the game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Coach, thank you for the time. Enjoy. Until next time.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. Yeah, I know. I'm with you on that. Let's go to Seaford. Uh, Where is it? Long Island? Adam? Yep, that's right. All hey, right, I got it. Hey, Adam, how are you? how's it going i'm well
5: sorry i was the one who botched the whole message with spike the other day sorry about that (laughs) calling to make it up to you (laughs) so i just wanted to let you know like i've been listening to the to the station for a long time i've been there since joe and steve been overnight and you have the same knowledge and same charisma as them so i'm very happy to listen to you
0: oh thanks i appreciate that
5: so i just have two questions the first question is um, do you see anyone going into Lambeau and knocking off the Packers? I was thinking after watching the game tonight, maybe Dallas could do it.
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's got to be a team that has a, a really good defense. I think Dallas might have a defense that can do it. I I, meant Dallas. Yeah, that would be my answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
5: then my last yeah. question is, um, my biggest thing, I'm a huge Mets fan, and I was wondering, do you think the Mets, since they're getting Mad Max, do you think they can knock off the Braves this year?
0: Yeah, and I know what I'm about to say is going to make a lot of Yankee fans uh, very upset. I think the Mets have a better chance of winning the World Series this year than the Yankees do. Oh, wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, Thank you so
5: much for the time tonight. I appreciate
0: it. Yeah, Adam, thanks. For I appreciate the it. Work. Thank you. Uh, the, the one thing being, though, that, you know, how many innings can the Mets get out of Mad Max Scherzer? And how many innings can they get out of Jacob Degrom and 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 those are probably the two biggest questions. But if they get some quality starts, you know, qu- lengthwise, you know, all that, right? Quality starts out of those two guys, that's a that's a very formidable one-two punch. And I know the Mets probably are not done filling out their actual roster roster because they're probably waiting to see if and hopefully when the DH will be uh, adopted into the NL, but. As, as far as, and I'm I'm sorry, I, I just think that the pitching in Queens is better than it is in the Bronx. I think that the hitting philosophy is better in Queens than it is in the Bronx, you know, long-term wise. um, And those are two very important things uh, that you need in a postseason run. So, sorry Yankee fans, and I know, I know, I know it hurts, but... I don't know. I just think the Mets are closer. I just think, and I'm looking again at this playoff. That's a great question. Who's going to knock off the Packers at home? Like I was saying, it's got to be a a team with really good defense that puts up a lot of points. And I'm looking down the list here. If it ever came to it, you know, I don't know what the seedings are going to be. You know, no one knows exactly yet. I don't really believe in the Buccaneers, especially without, I mean, Antonio Brown. I, I know that, but, but, Chris Godwin out with the ACL. Uh, the Rams, the, the Rams don't scare me uh, really at all, and neither do the Cardinals and the Eagles. Forget about them. Uh, I would think the Cowboys would be the one to to potentially unseat the Packers. I'm looking at the AFC side. I don't really believe in the Chiefs. We'll get into this if you want. Imagine I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a Bills Packers Super Bowl. That's my guess. Charlie and Queens, you're up next on The Fan.
9: Hi, Danielle. Thank you for taking my call. Of course, Charlie. And I'm calling to just give you the highest praise for that uh, special interview with the mayor of Patterson. And I forget the ballplay. Larry, ball uh,
0: Larry Doby Jr.
9: Larry yeah. Doby. That was phenomenal. Thank you. Investigative work. Thank you. Uh, you brought something to my awareness, and, and, and I believe that. It will come to fruition. It might take some time, mm-hmm. but I just wanted to call just for that to just say that, that was just wonderful. Uh, what what you know, great a great exchange on on many topics, uh, Hall of Fame and all of that. And you know, I just had a thought before I hang up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know when I was listening to Sal Licata, there was rumor of not rumor but speculation about a bench coach for the Mets that was supposed to be like just had everybody like speculating that it was going to be a big, a big name. Has there been any indication on who the bench coach might be for the Mets? Uh,
0: It wasn't um, the, the stealing of Eric Chavez from the Yankees. Was it, was that it?
9: No, no. They're thinking maybe David Wright or uh, David Wright or Cohen. I, but anyway, uh, well, I, I I don't think uh, word is out yet. Yeah, I so. don't know.
0: I know Curtis Granderson was asked and he declined. Maybe yeah. that was it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. They're, I guess yeah. they're kind of trying to keep it. Well, close. they haven't.
9: Yeah, it hasn't. It hasn't been revealed yet. So yeah. So I, I thought wonder. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that. What, what a wonderful interview. That was great work.
0: <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Sorry. Thank you. And if you missed it, it'll be on demand. Brian will put it put it on demand, yeah. And uh, there's a video component, too. We did it on Zoom. It's, again, it was not live. We did it on Zoom a few days ago, and then uh, I think either Lou or Ryan's going to put up an article for it uh, tomorrow morning. So be on the lookout for that. I mean, it is tomorrow morning. In a couple hours from now, I think 8 or 9. Uh, but the bench coach would be interesting uh, for the Mets. I, I, if I were the Mets, I would go, yeah, I would go the David Wright route if he wants it. I would go... I think that would be a home run. No pun intended there, but I think that would be a, a, a home run if he wants it. I mean, David Wright is the most universally loved, beloved, met, like, ever. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, I could, uh, I can get with behind that. Yes, I think Curtis Granderson would have been great. He declined, but I'm thinking it might go former Met route, younger dude maybe who might have coaching aspirations you know who i don't want it to be i don't want it to be carlos beltran because anything that buckshaw walter does anything that that team does is going to be looked as if it was it, there was a new sort of cheating regime happening there and i know buckshaw walter wouldn't allow it i get it but there's always going to be that undertone of well did carlos beltran figure something else out without the manager knowing quote unquote So, no, I I want Carlos Beltran nowhere near this Mets team. But David Wright, on the other hand, I think that would be a home run. That would be a grand salami. Coming up next, my final Jets prediction of the season on The Fan.
2: In favorable prices.
0: After midnight on the fan in New York City. We got some old school Lauren Hill going on here. I do know you better watch out. Yeah, that's right. Throwing it back. I'm with you for another, let me do some quick math here. 38 minutes. Again, I'm going to the Giant game uh, in a few hours. We're we're looking to get to the lot around 11 a.m. We'll be sitting in section 149. Section 149, you want to come by and say, hey, I will be there. You could find me there. We're probably going to be the only group of people. I'm going with a bigger group of people, but we're going to probably be the only group of people sitting in that section. So it won't be hard to find me. And Let's just put it that way. I'm just hoping the weather holds off. Please, oh, please, oh, please let the weather hold off. And, you know, the final Jets prediction of the season, I mean, this is going to be quick. The 4 and 12 Jets are headed up to Orchard Park to take on the 10 and 6 Bills. A team that would win the AFC East with a win. And I know both the Bills and the Patriots, should they both win later today, which is a great possibility, I know they would finish with the same record, but the Bills do have the advantage because they have the better record than the Patriots against the in-division teams. So there's that. You know, Zach Wilson is coming off a very, a very promising game against the Bucks defense last week. 234 yards, 7.1 yards per attempt, and a touchdown, right? And the Jets damn near won that game. I mean, it contributed to the entire meltdown of Antonio Brown was the New York Jets potentially beating the Tampa Bay Bucks? Okay, so there you go. And then you have Josh Allen coming off that three-interception, zero-touchdown game against the Falcons of all teams. But following every bad game so far this season, he's had a bounce-back game, and there will be no exception a little bit later today. Um, The Jets' pass defense might just be the worst in the entire league it allows the highest quarterback rating against, the second to worst yards per attempt against. I mean, just go down the list. I mean, they're either the worst, the second to worst, or like the third to worst in every major category. It's just not good. And it's going to be a rough day for Zach Wilson later today because the, I told you in the open, I think, the forecast in Orchard Park, it's calling for a rain-snow mix, a morning high of 40 degrees, which, this is a quote from the Weather Channel, falling to near-freezing falling rapidly to near freezing and sustained winds of 20 to 30 miles an hour with higher wind gusts possible factor all that in with the fact that many of the bills past defenses rankings are literally the best in the league. The bills past defense allows the worst opponent completion percentage in the entire league. The least amount of yards per pass attempt in the entire league is the bills past defense, by the way, the, they allow the least amount of passing touchdowns in the entire league. They allow the, l- the the least amount of passing yards per game in the entire league. And, oh, at the same time, the Bills' pass defense ranks third in the league in interceptions. And I was there at MetLife Stadium to watch them pick off the Jets four times in Week 10. And my Bills fan, Christina... She, she rubbed every single one of them in my face. It was like Bills Orchard Park South that day. It was horrible just sitting there watching it. And then, of course, Braxton Berrios is going to be out with a quad contusion. That's Zach Wilson's favorite target. And it's a receiver that many Jets fans around my age started thinking as soon as he hit the field. Wink or bet, right? Not that any of that matters. The Bills have the staunchest defense in the entire league. They're playing for the AFC East crown. They're going to win it, and at least it's not the Patriots again, right? So, again, I'm going to tweet this, and I'm going to put it on Facebook too. I hope I'm wrong, dot, 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 dot. I'm going Bills 35, Jets 10. (sighs) Sorry, I know. Bills 35, Jets 10. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Bills 35, Jets 10. I tweeted up at Coach MCCARTAN on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. It's there. It's not going anywhere. I don't delete anything. No tweets are ever deleted of mine, except ones that I find like a uh, typo on. I'm like, ah, let me get rid of it real quick. Those are the only ones. And then I fix them and put it right back up. But no, I don't hide behind anything. I got the Washington football team beating the Giants 17-7 and the Jets dropping a, a doozy to the Bills, thirty-five ten. I hope I'm wrong on both. But to the, to the phones we go, 877-337-6666 to Secaucus, New Jersey. Steve, you're up on the fan.
10: Good morning, Danielle. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks
0: for making it. I appreciate it.
10: Okay. Um, I have Larry Dobie, uh Sr.'s autograph. Whoa. I was a, yeah, I was a young boy, and he'd come over to Fairlawn. I grew up in, in Patterson, and then we moved to Fairlawn, and he came over on a Saturday, and we were, you know, youngsters, uh, in and in this small baseball league there and everything. And he yeah. came over, and he watched, and we got he got his autograph and everything. It was, wow. a, it was really cool. what a what a what a what a real real gentleman, and and a real professional person. And as a youngster, I just you know always remembered him like that. Um, now wow, that's cool. Like,
0: that is cool. Oh
10: yeah, it it, it really it really was. Um, Points I want to I'm a lot older than you guys, so that's why you know uh, uh, I, I was able to get that. Uh, uh, two points I want to make uh, one you may know or may not know, but um, uh, you know, uh, when there were positions available for the, both the New York football giants and the Jets, there was a name out there called Mike McCarthy. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, I used to listen to the fan all the time, I still do. Manavid caller Mike Princessa and then a the whole bit. Mm-hmm. But people called in and just knocked this guy, uh, McCarthy to no end. Yeah. I Steve. don't want him here in New York. You know who needs him here? Meanwhile, Steve and wait, I'm ta- a Steve, Patrick.
0: one huh? second there. I wanted Mike McCarthy so bad for the New York Jets, on the record saying it. I wanted him so bad and they picked freaking Adam Guru instead. Yes. I, I I love you for that, Daniel. Of course, I didn't know
10: you and I didn't yeah. realize it. I'm a diehard Packer fan. Okay, I hated to see him go. And although, listen, I have a love hate for Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers is the one that kind of forced him out of Green Bay. Listen, the guy was there yes. 13 years, and he took him to 10 pl- playoffs. Uh, uh, you know, out of, out of the 13 seasons. So I love the guy, but everybody in this in this town didn't like him. I couldn't understand
0: it. Ah, uh, not me. I, I wanted him so bad for that Jets team.
10: Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, well, well, I'm glad there was somebody that that did. I I do like the Jets myself. And and, and the last thing I wanted to make a point of, uh, Daniel, was you know you had mentioned Daniel Jones before, mm-hmm. and you know why people think this, that, or whatever of him. Now listen to me. Is he a journeyman quarterback? Does he he wear a baseball cap and carry a clipboard? He
0: can't make that decision yet, though. I'm sorry? I just feel that like you can't make that decision yet, though. I mean, he, he had such adversity with the guys playing around him. He has no running game. I mean, he doesn't have an offensive line. X, Y, Z, you can't get a good read on the guy just yet. He's had three, uh, technically three, Deck. I know for sure two, but technically three offensive coordinators in, in the three years that he's been here. Uh, two, how many head coaches? It's just, you, how could you make a decision on the guy just yet? were you,
10: you are so on the money with everything you just said. Yeah, thank but, you. But, but, but I look at the player and I say, what's the one thing, and I've been saying this all along, what's the one wrap I got on Jones that he doesn't do and that hurts him? Does he have legs yet? Can he get out of trouble, break out of a pocket and go and get you yards? Yes. Mm-hmm. Here's my problem with him. He doesn't have good vision. I mean, he has good vision, but he doesn't do his... Uh, uh... Checkdowns.
0: I'm with you. He, he locks on the first guy and that's it. He
10: locks on the first guy. If he calls here's the play, fellas, in the, in the, in the, in the, uh, uh, here's the play, X, Y, Z to two. He comes out and does X, Y, Z to two. Doesn't go anywhere else, doesn't look anywhere. Mm -hmm. Even if the guy's double or triple team, yes, he's going to him.
0: Yep. That's my, that's my my one complaint about him too. And I'm wondering if, if with better coaching, that could be coached out of him.
10: Um absolutely. You're out on the money. Absolutely.
11: Sure. Sure.
0: Yeah.
10: Uh, Definitely. But, but, but I still think, you know, I'd hate to see him go somewhere and then work that problem out of him and he becomes a really good QB. Mm -hmm.
0: That's what Uh, I'm saying. So my plan there, Steve, is to bolster the offensive line and or defensive line, but preferably offensive line in the draft. See what I'm telling you, he's going to look like a different player. See what he looks like. If you still don't like what you see, then you move on. But I think that you got to give him one more year at least in order to do that.
10: Well, you think they still hold on a judge or do you think there's going to be something that says, you know what, we get the new GM now because Gettleman's gone and the new GM brings in yeah. the new head coach and, and then what happens to Jones? Yeah, that's so,
0: so yeah, Steve, that, that's a great question. That is an excellent question because I brought this up the other day too. I think that, here's what, here's, I don't know anything, but here's what I think and thinking logically through this, I think that the Giants still believe in Daniel Jones. And because they still believe in Daniel Jones, they're going to keep Joe Judge because of it. Why? So that, like I was just talking about, so that he doesn't have to have another yet another head coach in in four years. What, what would it be? Three head coaches in four years? I mean that switching head coaches would would just it would bury the kid. So if if they do in fact bring in a new coach, I believe they will move on from Daniel Jones. Now, the, if, if, I mean, there is no vacancy yet. If there is a new GM with the New York Giants, they should do it the way that they did it with the Jets. You give them a five-year deal. You, you really vet you vet them, you vet them, you vet them, you interview everybody, you talk, whatever. You find the guy you want, you give him a five-year deal. At that point, if in year one, Judge Jones doesn't work out, well, then you have an offensive line and some weapons around whichever quarterback you're going to have, and then you bring in your own uh, coaching quarterback. So I, I don't think this Giants situation is as direly dramatic as everybody's making it out to be. If they hit in the draft, they cannot afford, literally, they, they, they are in, I think the last I checked, the second or third worst cap scenario for next season. They can't afford to miss in this draft. Literally, but if they could, if they can hit in this draft, if they can have a, a wall as an offensive line, you might see a different Daniel Jones. I think you will. And if you don't, then you move on from the quarterback and the head coach as the new GM. If there is a new GM again, there is no vacancy at the Meadowlands. Let's go to Valley Stream uh, Lane. You're oh, up on the I'm fan. A-
11: Hello, Dale McCarthy. How are you, Lane? I'm um, good. Morning. Um, yeah, I mean, those games were good on Saturday. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys played their hardest out, and I knew they were going to win.
0: Well, you are like, no. can you give me six yeah. numbers in the Powerball?
11: Yeah, one, two, three, and four. And those plays they had were so great. Lane, I have th- another those were only also. four numbers,
0: though, Lane. I need, I need six to win.
11: Oh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten.
0: Oh, that's too many now. All right, got to narrow that oh, down. Uh, and then for the second game
11: earlier against the Eagles, um, yeah, I had some. I was nervous about the game. Mm. The first Maria, one. Were you? Yeah. Yeah, because it got tight.
0: Yes, it yeah. was seventeen and seventeen, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
11: because they kept the, the fumble. And then okay, but anyway, I do want to talk about is what do you do about the about the Giants and Jets missing the um, playoffs? You know, what are you doing next year? Do you have a first-round wow.
0: pick? Lane, wow, that is a wonderful question. Oh, come on, Lane. Come on, Lane. What do you do with the Giants and the Jets? Do they have a first-round pick? Yeah, they have each have two in the top eight as it stands right now. What do you do? I just told you what the Giants should do there, Lane. The Jets. I think the Jets should look uh, probably another. This I I haven't done my homework just yet. Not yet. What I've heard though is that this is a deep class for offensive and defensive linemen. If that is the case, I'd I'd sign up for one of each for the New York Jets. Yes, I know they've got Elijah Vera Tucker, who's a, who's I think is going to be a stud, or already is could be a stud, right? But, but Makai Becton, I'm very worried about Makai Becton. There's he he his borderline draft bust potential. 370 pounds, coming off a knee surgery, a big-time knee surgery, played in, what, 48 snaps this season? That guy needs a serious diet plan and to stick to it and a serious want to succeed in the NFL. If not, draft bust for sure. So to protect myself against that, I would go offensive lineman, defensive lineman if I were the Jets. Or cornerback, like defense, cornerback. Because this Jets offense is all right. Again, they're not going to make the playoffs next season. But they were right. And not next season, the season after, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a wild card team. But it's a two-year rebuild. And the defense is atrociously bad. You have to address the defense if you're the Jets. Douglas in the Bronx. You're up on the fan.
12: McCartan
0: back after midnight. Here I am.
12: Hello, Danielle. How are you? Okay. So which person did you most welcome this past week? Kyrie Irving to the NBA or Snooky on the Jersey Shore? Huh,
0: guess what? I, I actually missed Jersey. So I by default, ah. I'd have to go with Kyrie Irving. I have a DVR. Oh, I'm wow. going to have to watch it. But Yeah. Yes, Irving. Yes,
12: a welcome return. Ha <laughs> ha. Yes. So we are about seventeen hours after the start of mobile betting
0: in uh-huh. New York State. Yep.
12: Yes. Are you? Are you a person that does that uh, in Jersey? Uh, is that something you frequent?
0: Yeah, I do. I, I, listen, my biggest bet I ever put was twenty dollars. <laughs> so I do like little bets. I like. You know what? I just like being. A three dollars there, five dollars there, maybe just to keep an interest in the game. Honestly, like first down, first uh, or anytime touchdown scorer, I like that. Just to keep an interest in the game, you know what I mean?
12: Yeah, I, I used to do uh, when I was in Jersey. I used to do daily fantasy basketball. Mm. This was a couple of years ago. It was a two week stretch. I made some bucks the first few days, then I lost it all, and then some, and then the last couple of days. I made it all back. And then I look back in the last few days and I thought, after all that agita, I didn't make a profit. Ugh, this can't be a frequent thing. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's only it's only an occasional thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> now it's New York. I could do that. But, yeah, yeah. again, I'm not going to do that. It's not an everyday thing. And I, <laughs> I, try, yeah.
0: And I try to stick to, like, the New York teams, too, that I know. You know, I don't want to, like, just... You know, oh, this I'm looking at the TV right now. This Suns game. Oh yeah, let me put five dollars on this Suns game. Like I don't like doing that. You know, I don't know much about them.
12: Yeah, yeah. Okay, enough oh, to oh, oh, enough uh, to
0: put my money somewhere. You know what I'm saying? I work hard for my yeah. Money. You have to bet. You have to bet known quantities, right? Yeah,
12: yeah. So, uh, so I overheard your thoughts about the Giants earlier, and although I don't give credence to this Russell Wilson coming to the Giants, I think that's just a far fetched thing, and Stupid. I believe he. That story is thrown out there to leverage Seattle for a bigger Mm contract. I feel that way in reality. But if there is validity to it, I might be tempted, I I must say. What? um, Yes.
0: You're going to sell the farm? You don't even have an offensive line. What is he going to look like? Tom Brady's going to look like Tom Brady behind that line. Come on. All right. But what offensive line do the Seahawks have in recent years? And his stat line,
12: 40 touchdowns. 13 interceptions. Now, Daniel Jones, uh, if you keep him around, see, for another year, I would let him loose because he's been under systems where it's risk-averse because he only had 10 interceptions last year but only 11 touchdowns. So, And I think he's got a good arm. I'd one more year to let him loose, but if you got Russell Wilson as a reality, why not? And you get... Two guys coming back from injury next year: Nick Gates, Shane Lemieux. So maybe they'll be better that way. I mean, injuries did take a toll on them, but Giants have 11 picks this upcoming draft. Mm-hmm. Again, I know those two first draft picks are very valuable, but they do have nine others upcoming.
0: Yeah, no, Douglas, I, I can't get aboard with that, I, and I just can't. I, I just you're leveraging not just this year, you're leveraging the the year after, and 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 that's the minimum they want a minimum. Three first-round draft picks minimum. I'll give you another, and I'll give you another option.
12: <laughs> Maybe that's also not popular. So this, so the three, the other option is don't say
0: Deshaun Watson. No,
12: no. You trade down, but this is the riskier one. For twenty twenty-three, you pile it up in order to get Bryce Young as a quarterback. But that's the riskier option. But I mean, I mean, he's very highly touted. But that's two years down the line. That's a little more risky. You know, I don't um, mind
0: Douglas. I don't mind that though, because if you're going to do that, then at least that, if you cut Daniel Jones loose, you have, that's your ace in the hole. If you're not going to go ahead and get a, a, a NFL veteran quarterback or whatever, that's your ace in the hole that I don't mind. I wouldn't do it, but forget about the Russell Wilson. Just forget about it, man. Well, you know, the playoffs are set to begin, and our Jets and our Giants are out. Hate to break the news to you, but they're out. And I doubt that you just turn off the TV or the radio and ignore it all and shut it all out. So just to make things interesting and have somewhat of a rooting interest, it's that time of year again. New York football fans, which bandwagon are you jumping on for the NFL playoffs? I'll tell you whose I'm jumping on coming up next on The Fan. Oh, yeah. Woohoo. We're in the final segment here of McCartan After Midnight here on the band in New York City. Flegelman's coming your way next. 2 to 6 a.m. Brian McKeon's behind the glass. Taking your calls at 877 337 6666. Maybe I want to put this on Twitter. Ask you guys at CoachMCCARTAN. Listen, the Jets and Giants are out of the playoffs. I'm not breaking any sort of news here. Which bandwagon are you jumping on? I am not talking like crazy, but I'm talking like just, you know, just to have a rooting interest in these playoffs. Cause I definitely doubt that you're completely turning on, off the TV and the radio and just shutting it all out until the Super Bowl happens. Come on. For me, I've told you about my friend Christina twice already tonight, who's a Bills fan, very dear friend of mine. And she's the one I went to the Bills Jets game with just a few weeks ago. And, she resent me a screenshot at, I believe it was, she sent it to me, I think when the Bills got eliminated last year. So fairly recently, she sent me a screenshot of a text message that I sent her four years ago. In it, I said, don't worry, the Bills will win a Super Bowl in five years. Well... This is year five of that five-year prediction for me. And as always, I put my money where my mouth is. And there's, I have it. I screenshotted it today just to make sure I had it. I went back in our text and everything. I found it. It's legitimate. I placed a $20 bet on March 29th on the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl, at 1,200. So safe to say... My rooting interest is with the Buffalo Bills this postseason. And they're a New York team. That's okay to get behind right? They're a the home team, sort of. They're the only team in our area playing. And, you know, I like the Raiders, too. But they are technically right now, if the season ended today, they'd be out. So, all right, the Bills, if the Raiders make it, I, I do root for them, too. But they won't win me any money. So the Bills will, let's go Bills. I'm part of Bill's Mafia for the next couple weeks till they win me some money, and then I'll go back to being a miserable New York football fan. So this is your last chance to get aboard, 877-337-6666. Give me a call. Which bandwagon are you jumping on for the NFL playoffs this season? I'm going to tweet that too. Uh, So at Coach and on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. Also on Instagram, I'm using that too, Coach McCartan on Instagram. So I want to shout that out as well. Let's go to, oh, my neck of the woods up there in Mawa. Tim, you're up on the fan. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, Tim. How are I you? Just, I just wanted to say I, I started driving for Uber, so I never really listened to
6: the radio before, but now I listen 24 hours a day. Uh, and I I often hear people call up and say, you're the best female uh, person on the radio and, and I find that like a left-handed compliment. Mm. And, I, you know, I really think that you're the best. Like, uh, Edwards, he knows everything, but I don't relate to him. Carton's a good comedian, but he's not really a sports guy. And I don't listen to Tiki for obvious reasons. But, like, I really, really relate to you. I really think you're doing great. And I, I don't know how new or old you are. Like I said, I just started listening a little while, about six months ago. Mm-hmm. But, uh I just wanted to say, I really find your show the best there is. Like, And you do it alone, which is incredible. And as far as what bandwagon, I'm going to jump around <laughs> Tennessee.
2: Yeah, that's another good one. I really
6: don't care about them. Yeah. You know? Like, I have no baggage with them. Right. Uh, you know, of course, I, I'm a Giants fan, so I hate Dallas. I hate the Eagles. Of course, I'm not going to root for them. Uh, and I have baggage with every other team except for Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't care less.
0: You know what? And, and Tennessee, too. Tennessee, and, and thanks for all those compliments. I, I appreciate that, Tim. And Tennessee, with them, they were without Derrick Henry for so long, got to where they're going, and then they got him back. So they are definitely right. they a force still to still be reckoned out. with. Yeah. Yes.
6: Yeah, they still had a powerful offense. So, mm-hmm. Anyway, that's just what I wanted to say. I heard somebody, I don't know, last week uh, say, like, saying something you know uh you know you're the best female <laughs> and i was like what is this guy out of space <laughs> so yeah. i just wanted to call to compliment you before i go home and go to sleep all
0: right tim thanks i appreciate that and drive safe thank you
6: You. bye-bye
0: <laughs> oh man yeah titans look at that that's another good one and i got a tweet from michael Inegri on twitter he says he's on the, the cincinnati Bengals bandwagon yeah the cincinnati Bengals are surging aren't they you know what's the thing about the Titans, though? They followed my plan. they f- It's the Tennessee Titans model. They built the offensive line, and look what happened. I mean, they they used some serious draft capital on Jack Conklin, and I and, and, uh, forget his first name, but Luan is the last name. Taylor, I think it is. Taylor Luan. Taylor, yeah. Taylor Luan. They used some serious draft capital on those guys. And then and then look. And then look what happened. I'm telling you. And the Colts, too. After they ruined Andrew Luck, they, they smartened up. Giants need to follow that model. Jets need to follow that model. Let's go to Paul on a cell phone. What's your bandwagon team there, Paul? I'm taking my call. Of course. Thanks for making it. I,
5: um, yeah, I'm on my way back from um, Philly uh, with that Dallas-Philly game. Oh, yeah? Um,
0: How cool is that?
5: Uh, I'll, I'll go even further than that. It was the 18th game I've been to this season. I made it to a game every what? single week of the season.
0: All right. Now, where, though? You Do you travel to them, or...? Oh, yeah.
5: Um, first of all, I'm a Jet season ticket holder. Okay. All right. So, you got kind of half the season covered. Yeah. Um, but it, it, losing and going to all those games kind of takes its toll. and <laughs> kind of want to see what how the other half lives, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I know. I all know. right. I'm also a Bill's season ticket holder, just to put that in uh out there. How do you do um, that? But, say again? How
0: do you do that?
5: Both? Um, Either You buy the tickets and you sell the ones you don't use. <laughs> and you, you go up to Orchard um, Park? All right. Say again?
0: I said you go up to Orchard Park?
5: I went up week one. I was up there this year.
0: Cool. That's cool.
5: Um, week two was the Jets. Week three, I went to the Giants, um, the Eli Manning game.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Week four was the Jets. Then it got really cool. Week five, I went to Kansas City. I saw Buffalo, Kansas City. Mm -hmm. Week six was Detroit and Cincinnati. Week seven was Green Bay. Week eight was Chicago and the Niners. Wow. Week nine was Indy and the Jets that Thursday night. Wait, I was there too. Um, By the way, that's the most beautiful building in the league. I love
0: it. It's beautiful. I love that stadium. I was so surprised by it. You know, it was like... And I love the temperature control of it, too. It was just um, it was beautiful.
5: Yeah. I—I I, the, the first time I went there was uh, a Jet Colt playoff game. Uh, me and my daughter went. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had such a great time. It was the game that they won, not the AFC Championship game. It was the game they won, the last-second field goal. We had such a good time there, and the people were so great. Yes, um, they
0: were. But, yes, they, uh, they were, but, were apologizing.
5: But, but I got the tickets from them. I said, look, i got to go back just for a Colts game. You yeah. want to up going back the next year? Yeah. Um, so we saw the building with the roof closed and the roof open. Yeah, I, I got to get back when it's open. End, yeah.
0: It was closed. It was 28 degrees when I, well, for that game, it was 28 degrees and it was closed. Yeah.
5: 10 and 11 were Jet home games. Week 12, oh, no. And the Browns on a Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Turned out was the last time the, the Ravens have won. Um, week 13, we had a wedding in Houston. We went to see Houston Indy. Week 14 was the Jets. Um, week 15, I went back to Indy for the New England game uh, that Saturday night. Week 16 and 17 were um, the Jets, and now I'm coming back from uh, Philly.
0: Wow, that's pretty cool. Do a lot of traveling. Uh, I, re- I like that. I'll
5: tell you what, it was an experience of a lifetime. It really was. Um, uh, which, and it kind of leads me to uh, my point. Having seen Indy three times this year, uh, yeah. I'll take them as a value flight. play. Mm. Um I think they have pieces, and JT, he may be one of the most dynamic players in the league right now.
0: He might win MVP.
5: Uh, I don't know if he will. I get the feeling they'll go back to Rodgers. I, I agree, i, yeah. I um, it, it, and, and just to put a, a bow on all of this, if mm-hmm. you ever get a chance to go to Lambeau, you have to do it. So,
0: Paul, that, that's funny you say that, and thanks for the call. That's funny you say that, because my brother, we bought him— uh, a, a share, one share. They're three hundred dollars each. So we, me and my parents, split one share of the Green Bay Packers ownership. Uh, you know, when they just had that sale uh, for him for his Christmas, one of his Christmas presents. We we bought him that. and He really liked it, and so I just win best sister award because because I was the one who kind of pushed everybody to to do it. But anyway, so you know, he's sitting there when holding the frame that my mom bought for him the whole thing on Christmas morning, and my mom. She's not a real sport you know, real big sports fan, but she tries. She tries really hard. And she says and it was quiet. You know, he's just looking at it and I'm just kinda of watching TV. And my dad's just sitting there and he said my mom says, Hey, you know, since you're an owner of the Packers now, we're gonna have to get to a game at Rambo Field. Rambo Field. Like with an R. <laughs> we just kinda of looked at her and laughed. But yes, I would love to go to see the game there. And and anybody that listens to the show for a while now knows that I'm trying to get to all Definitely the baseball stadiums, and I've uh, checked quite a few football stadiums off the list as well. Um, but it's like – to me, it feels like it would be like a Fenway sort of sort of experience, and and I loved Fenway Park. Like, I'm being really honest with you right now. I love Fenway Park, and I feel like I would love Lambeau Field as well. My brother's been there. He said it's kind of crazy that you're just driving like this residential neighborhood, and all of a sudden, there it is. And then there's like house parties and like parking people's driveways and stuff. Like that's kind of cool. I'd go. I would go. I have friends in Indianapolis. They're like, you need to come back for the Indy 500. That's in May. I was like, okay, well, maybe. All right, it looks like uh, Sparky might be our Mariano Rivera of the night. Sparky and Dobbs Ferry, what is up?
13: Well, first of all, I hope you have a great time at the game today.
0: Thank you, thank you.
13: Okay. And now with the Giants getting Russell Wilson would be a huge mistake Yes, because you're talking, they'd have to give up three number one draft choices. And the fact is At least. they're not one player away. Right. They need so many different areas of help. And it would be like, you know, it, it would be like, you know, sticking in the same place. And by the time the team might be good again,
0: Russell Wilson would be too old That's to do right. anything. That's what the I said to the one caller before. He'd be, I think... If it's like a, a three year plan for the Giants, I think Russell Wilson would be like 35 or 36 years old. That's like old. I mean, let's
13: face it, he's a he's a very appealing player, but not in the Giants situation. Yes.
0: And, okay. and listen, and I know Sparky, all people are going to say, oh, Tom Brady's doing it. Yeah, you're right. It's possible. It is possible,
13: but. He's a freak in nature. Yeah. I mean, you know, in that dark horse team you're talking about. I hate saying it. Gosh, I hate saying it Don't as a Jets fan. The Patriots. No, I'm still saying Brady. Because ah, you know huh? what? For Rodgers, for all of the great things Rodgers has done, he's only won once, okay? And well, I can't stand Brady because yeah. he's so darn good. <laughs> and the thing is, it, under pressure, who would you rather have, him or Rodgers?
0: Oh, uh, him. probably him, yeah. But I mean, but Sparky, the one thing I would say though is that he's missing Chris Godwin out for the season. He doesn't have Antonio Brown now. He, he it it's almost sounds like it's crumbling around him a little bit. And whereas Rogers is in a better situation, I think.
13: And now at the Jets, when you mentioned Backton, you are so on the money with him because I hate. I mean, to be not. I hate saying sounding cruel. The guy's just too fat.
0: Yeah, he's too big. He, he, you know what? It's I mean, one. It's one thing to be big and massive, but it's another thing to be big and massive and nimble. He's not nimble it, enough.
13: I mean, because really, where he should be, he should be in a WWE. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, he's too. He he's too he, to get to where he has to be. He legitimately has to drop forty pounds. Yeah,
0: I'm with you on that. Yes,
13: and. I'm in the minority on this one with the Mets. I mean, as a Yankee fan, I do think the Mets are gonna be a lot better than the Yankees, and boy, is that painful to say. But I think they did make a mistake with Max Scherzer. I know I'm gonna sound like I'm crazy.
0: Yeah, I wanna hear this.
13: You know, I I say that, and me and the producer had a little fun disagreement about it, but it's been fun. The idea that Dodgers brought him in to pitch in the most important game of the year and in their elimination game, he wasn't physically able to do it because he had a dead arm. Mm -hmm. That would scare me. And the thing is, you know, he, he, he mentioned to me when I was waiting for you that, you know, he pitched 90 innings.
2: Yeah.
13: But the thing is, when you're in a picture of that magnitude, you can't be measured like a regular type pitcher. Right. You have to do things above and beyond.
0: Yeah, you're right. And, then, and Sparky, and thanks for the call there. That would be the one, that is the one thing that I would be concerned about if I were a Met fan is that dead arm. But again, the guy was completely overworked, overused, and um. And I guess you can look at it this way, that he, he stopped himself before it got to be too bad. He, he said, I can't do it before it got to be too bad. And you would have to think that if you're the Mets staff ownership, you would have done a complete medical workup on him before committing that kind of dollar amount to a guy like that. I mean, that's just me. That's That's what I would think. But I don't know. Well, that was a short one tonight, everybody. Thanks to all the callers. I could not have done this without you. Love coming here and talking with you all. And if you missed any portion of today's show, you hit that Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start of the show, which was just about 1130-ish p.m. at 1240 a.m., the conversation for both the baseball historian and the contemporary baseball fan with the mayor of Patterson, Andre Saya, and Larry Doby Jr. about the potential for a Field of Dreams-like game coming to the city of Patterson. We'll see. Great job to Paul Rosenberg behind the glass for the first hour, and then Brian McKeon taking us the rest of the way. To Greg Caserta, who is here in the studio, that's awesome, doing the updates. I'm not sure the next time I'm going to see you, so I guess just keep